Good morning, my friends. Motivators, what's going on? Dr. Drill making motivation podcast. We have a beautiful, beautiful, I believe, 6th of December 2018. Freezing cold, 25 degrees. But as I wake up to take the dogs out, take their little piss and shit on the cold, grassy ground, there is a absolutely beautiful orange friggin' sunrise occurring. Just about finished now. You can see the, the last bits of it as it dissipates. And Amun-Ra ascends into the sky. Look at that and you get a sense of awe, man. It's like, holy shit. What a beautiful day. What another opportunity. It must signify something. It's another opportunity to go out there and kick ass a little bit. Last couple days have been pretty good. You know, busy, productive. Finishing up my last week at uh, the university for the semester. Looking forward to that. A little bit of a break. Take my Tuesday and Thursdays back. This morning I'm going to administer our fourth and final exam and any makeups or sandbaggers. Heading right down to the college right now. And within an hour I will be on the friggin' road on what appears to be a beautiful sunny day. Cut loose to do what I need to do until about 3 o'clock when I go down and see some patients. But I plan on making this a day of productivity and relaxation. I'm excited at the prospect of actually having a little bit of time to myself. It's one thing that I really, as busy as I like to be, I think it's crucial. You have to have something for you. You have to have that time. You know, I like to carve wood. I haven't been able to do that for a while. Just been a really busy fall. And weekends have been rainy and filled with football and cheer and other shit, so I have not been out and about doing my thing. Even my little nature walks have been too few. So I'm going to be out and about today, man. I'm freaking psyched about it. This represents, today represents a you know, kind of a changing of the guard, a little bit of a, a change in my schedule. And an opportunity to chill the fuck out. Started DDIP this week. Man, I feel really good about that. My muscles are pumped. Feeling good about the, the company that I'm in. I was able to help some patients yesterday. I mean, quite a few. And had some very nice things that they said. And about the, my care. And it just feels good to freaking help people, man. What the hell are we here for? You ever wonder when you have pretty much everything you've been looking for, when you meet your goals and you get your job and you get the, the girl or the guy and you get married and you settle down, you have a family, you got your your car and maybe you go and wash that on Sundays or something or fucking beat your meat every once in a while, whatever it is, whatever these goals, these uh, rites of passage we have along the way in this life. Or wonder like what man really what else 
you know, this is one of those come to God moments where people have their faith or whatever they have. You know, I respect all of that. But I think we're here to help other people, man. If we have the opportunity, if we have a free hand, use it to, you know, fill it to help somebody else out. It helps them and it helps us. I think it helps the community. It's mankind. Mankind is our business. Jacob Marley said that from A Christmas Carol. Very timely, timely uh, quote right there. I acknowledge this every year, but I'm going to tell you right now. It's the scene where Jacob Marley comes to visit Ebenezer Scrooge, and he's freaking sipping on some soup or sipping on some gin and juice, whatever hell he's got in his little study by the fireplace, and he's just a miserable fuck. And in comes Jacob Marley, scares the shit out of him. Got his chains, got his foot lockers he's dragging around, his locks and keys and all that shit. And this is all the baggage that he accumulated throughout life, all the shit that he did that was self-serving. And now Scrooge, after he cleans up his turd that he cut <clears throat> on the floor of his mansion, he says, whoa, Jacob, oh, oh you know, we, we did a lot of good business together. We're really good businessmen, he said. Business? Mankind was my business. Mankind was our business. We were here to help other people reach down, pick somebody the fuck up. And so I love that, man. I friggin' love that concept. And it's so true. And this morning, as my little daughter is getting her cello out to a little drill bit, little bit, pulls her cello out of its case and starts playing notes that are successively in key, playing the little jingle bells. She's determined, that one, man. She keeps at it. She gets frustrated sometimes because she's you know, just so driven, but she's getting, she's playing that damn cello. It's got a beautiful, beautiful sound. So, um, well, she's getting her cello out to play and rosining up the bow. watching a little NFL good morning football or whatever and they're interviewing Larry Fitzgerald now if you're not a football fan maybe you don't know Larry Fitzgerald but and I don't know everything about him but I did see the behind the NFL thing on him basically his story and it sounds like he is just a tremendous guy obviously he came came up he was fortunate to come up around the game so he knew some of the game's best players because his dad was a sportscaster or a cameraman or something. He was in that community and sounded like he he had a pretty good upbringing. But he had struggles like everybody does, and he wanted to get in the NFL. He played all the way up. People said, man, he's amazing because he's getting this advice and this training from NFL players, right? So he had an advantage. <coughs> Larry makes it into the NFL, and he gets in, and he's really freaking good. People are noticing him. All those people that he would hang around on the, you know, on the field prior to games, they knew him. They were rooting for him. They believed in him. And now he was out there scoring touchdowns and making incredible plays. Sounds like Larry, in terms of yardage or 
touchdown passes, he is up there with the greats. I forget who it was. It was Walter Payton. So there's a Walter Payton fund, uh, charity, essentially, that you get the Walter Payton Award. And apparently Walter was a tremendous athlete and also a tremendous humanist, human being who gave back to the communities that helped him give the, you know, gave him the opportunity to play football, right? So Larry's doing the same thing. Larry's going to beat Walter Payton's record, scoring record, this week. And sounds like he'll be playing the Raiders when he does it if he gets a a touchdown pass or maybe even a reception. But if he gets a touchdown, he beats Walter Payton's record, which is almost, I don't know, something that sounded like he was not apologetic for, but they they asked him, so how does it feel to get this many touchdowns and beat Walter Payton and get this record? He goes, well, I'm not fucking like the most humble guy ever at this point anyway. Because at one point in his earlier days, in his career, he might have been a little bit cocky, just like everybody is when they're young and good and famous and have money. Get a little bit cocky, a little bit overconfident, maybe. So he says, "Well, I'm not a big number. I'm not a big records guy, but you know, Walter Payton." just a tremendous individual, and I met his family, and they told me all about the things that he did, and it's just an honor to be even mentioned in the same sentence as this, as Walter Payton, and, you know, so I'm thankful, and, you know, this charity gives back, and just a freaking humble guy, Six, because he's successful, because he's done something with his life, and accomplished something, he has the comfort now, he has the privilege and the responsibility to reach down and pick other people up and help them. And that's just awesome. It also sounds like uh, behind, behind the football course they're telling us the best of, of the individual, but heartening that in the off-season, Larry Fitzgerald, he travels. He goes all over the place. He takes pictures and video. He experiences things. He shares things. He shows up at schools and helps kids and inspires them and in his actions on the field of course you maybe might know he's no he's uh, notable for not celebrating all right so being brash being in your face sort of shit he just goes out and gets the ball and he'll go out and get the ball again and he'll drop it and shit happens sometimes but he's a tremendously consistent athlete and it's just a pleasure to see somebody out there like that. I couldn't, with a tear in my eye over my breakfast, I'm watching this, I'm saying, man, what a tremendous message. What an awesome message for kids today, for my son and daughter who are in involved in the football program and cheer. Just, that's the way you want to be. That's the way you hope people will will behave, will want to follow somebody like that. <clears throat> Contrast that to the story I told last week of Sam wanting those cleats that had little golden goats on them. Goat for, presumably, greatest of all time. You know, to be the greatest of all time is very subjective, right? Larry Fitzgerald's a great wide receiver, 
maybe one of the best. Among the best, if you obviously if he gets this, uh, will objectify that assertion if uh, he get this gets his touchdown pass, which he will. But you do your best. You're not the best. You do your best to achieve, to meet your goals, and exceed them. And when you do that. People maybe give you credit. Obviously, everybody's going to notice that you're pretty damn good at what you do and you'll get mad respect. Just inspiring. Then they talk about another athlete, which was interesting. His name is Calvin Ridley. And Calvin plays, he's new. He's a, I think he's a rookie or is his second year. Pretty sure it's his rookie season. So, um, Calvin was a foster child and he grew up in this place in Florida called the Village's SOS. It's a place where the misfit toys go, you know, where kids go that families can't raise anymore or they have a bad situation, somebody needs to, to raise them. So he'd go out there and play on the field, play football, play different sports and games, and he always wanted to be an NFL player. And you know what? He worked at it and he, and he fucking is. It doesn't mean that you can do that. It doesn't mean that everybody is going to have that success, but it's something that makes you say, you know what, makes you acknowledge, if I work hard in this life, and I keep at it, maybe, just maybe, I can realize my dreams, because what the fuck do you have to lose, you know, if you don't attempt greatness, try to you know, in whatever your field is, you don't have to be a freaking football player or a doctor or a lawyer or whatever the hell society deems a, uh, uh, you know, success. You can do whatever the hell you want to do. Spend this life the way you want, as long as it's not hurting anybody else. And you can be successful at what you want to do, even if that's, you know, not even if that's like raising a family, being a good father, being a good, being a good mother. Being a good worker, a boss, a friend, a member of the community, doing a good deed today. You know, if I can go in here with these students and make them feel like, fuck it, man, awesome. Dr. O helped us. I felt like he was on our side. Exam four, let's kick this thing in the ass and let's go home with our heads held high. On to the next challenge. Thanks, Dr. O. I'll see you around campus. You know, why not? Then I'll have made an impact. You know what? I know I've made a fucking impact. So, humbly, I continue to try to build a better mousetrap. How can we be better? How can I be a more effective teacher, mentor, so we have that opportunity today. Let's freaking go after it. What else did I have to say? Um, think about this for a second. So last night, <laughs> you know, I took my wife, I get home, and it was a pretty fulfilling day. Look, and it was a long day, so I quite a few patients, 
laid down on the tracks for these folks, really did my best to help. And I was tired. I was freaking tired. I was exhausted and but fulfilled. And my, my wife's sitting there. She got a new coif, new hairdo. Looks beautiful. My kids are sitting there and the dogs are running up to greet me. And my wife has a nice dinner for me. And I said, uh, she, I said, hey, I love you guys. Kissed everybody, man. Hugged them. And she said, how was your day, honey? And, you know, for fucking 15 years, she's been asking me how my day was, which is a nice gesture, but as much as I'd like to sugarcoat shit, I, I mean, I said fulfilling, but as much as I'd like to make it sound like it was a graceful, graceful thing, it ain't never graceful. What it is, it, it dawned on me, and it's freaking 8 o'clock at night, 8.30, and I'm walking around Lowe's trying to trying to figure out where the fuck the fluorescent bulbs are, like strip bulbs for lights on my ceiling, because as I'm working on some of my last patients in the morning, or the evening, rather, it's friggin' 7 o'clock or whatever, it goes all, the light bulbs go all friggin', um, poltergeist on us, starts shaking and twitching and flashing, I'm like, oh, fuck, just feel like, I don't know, it just feels like, you gotta be kidding me, man, but I'm determined, I'm like, there ain't no fucking way that I'm gonna be dealing with this tomorrow, or spending any of my time on a, somewhat of a day off, dicking around, walking around Lowe's, buying home improvement shit, she didn't see that, did she? Fucking school bus. Listen, I won't pass you or your fucking uh, tread on you, school bus. I will yield to you, but don't jump out in traffic in front of me. So got friggin' lights flashing, I'm like, oh, you gotta be fucking kidding me, I said, alright, damn it, I'm out a little bit earlier than normal, which means it was 7.30, go over to Lowe's, there's not a soul in Lowe's, I pick up my, I find the light bulbs, get some other gear, and home I go, and so I told my wife when she asked me, how was your day, I said, it was productive, and that is right, it was also a series of extinguishing fires, you know, and you just got to whistle while you work and adjust on target. It's a constant process of be bold and bracket, adjusting on target, adjusting into the bullseye. You know, you can't hit the target. That's called Maggie's drawers in marine lingo. That means that whoever's spotting your target, standing below a berm, looking up at your paper target, while you shoot, they can't identify a hole punched in that target. So you didn't even fucking hit it. Or maybe they'll see it ricochet off the berm or, you know, kick up some dirt below the target. So you can't hit shit. But what you can do is if the fundamentals are proper, if your fundamentals are right, well, 
then you can make some simple adjustments on your mechanical instrument, your rifle, and next thing you know, you will be in the black. And that's where we want to fucking be, is in the black. You can get there by fucking up and correcting. So that's what I did all day yesterday. It was a good day, no major problems, but a series of extinguishing of fires and poltergeist lights and sometimes difficult dealing with difficult people in pain but it was a worthwhile day and today will be a worthwhile day surely there are going to be some things that occur that are going to surprise me I've tried my best to foresee any of these things and sidestep them, sidestep obstacles, overcome them, hurdle them, crawl underneath them like barbed fucking wire. Whatever I gotta do, side stroke, backstroke, swim to the goddamn shore, hit the beach and I'm ready for war, right? Trying to make a difference in this world. Have a great Thursday, the weekend's coming. Huh!